The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. Know that the Lord has a special assignment for each of us, and when we're in that place, you will have no rivals. I want to say that again. The Lord has a special place for each one of you sitting out here this morning. And all those that are listening online, I'd like to welcome all of those that are listening online this morning. And thank you for tuning in with us here. He has an assignment for you as well. And know that, uh, know that because you, he has a special place for you, that when, when you're in that place, nobody can compete with you. Nobody, nobody can compete with you. I want you to know that there has never been a you before. There has never been anyone like you on this whole earth. You are special. When he created you, he threw away the mold. And some of us are probably thinking, I'm glad that some of those molds got thrown away. I don't think I can handle more than one of you. Maybe David might think that. Well, I can't handle more than one Joe. But, <laughs> but you are special. And God wants you to know that you are created special. And there's no one on this whole earth like you. And so that is why when you're in that special place and that assignment that's been assigned to you, that's why there's not going to be any rivals. There's not going to be any. You don't have to compete, okay? Because that's where you're supposed to be. Saints, there are no ifs in God's plan for you. But man's ifs are always connected to doubting the will of God. Man's ifs are always doubting God, okay? For example, in Luke 5, this is where, this is Luke 5, 12 in the message translation, if you're writing anything down. This is when Jesus cleansed the leper. It says in here that one day in one of the villages, there was a man covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell down before him in prayer and said, if you want to, you can cleanse me. And verse 13 says, Jesus put, that Jesus put forth his hand and he touched him and he said, I want to. Hallelujah. I want to tell you this morning that he's the same Jesus. He's the same today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's the same Jesus today that reached forth and touched this guy that's covered in leprosy. He can reach forth this morning and cover you in the same way. No matter what you're going through in your mind and in your bodies this morning, whether it's physical or mental or whatever it might be. He is the same Jesus yesterday, today, and forevermore. He says, I change not. Amen. I change not. So he is the same. So he is the same. He can reach forth his hand just as easily this morning as he could back then. Times have never, you know, it never changes. He said that, and Jesus said, I want to. Jesus wants to. We don't always accept and receive what God wants us to receive, but God always wants to. He wants to, and it grieves him when we don't receive what he wants to give us. Amen. Are you hearing me? He wants to heal you. He wants to bless you. He, don't, he wants you to prosper. He don't want you to be without. He don't want you to beg. He wants you just to receive. Amen. And he said, be clean. And as soon as he said, be clean, then and there his skin was smooth and the leprosy was gone. Hallelujah. You know, it wasn't gone in an hour. It wasn't gone in a, a few days or a week. It was gone that very moment that he said, be clean. Yeah. It was gone. Are you hearing me? Saints, God's ifs 
And listen to this. Now, God's ifs are conditioned based on your obedience to do what he asks. You know, I heard somebody make a comment on one of my messages the other day that got that Westar shoots out, different things, but they're just two-minute videos, so you don't get the whole message. Well, it just so happened in that two minutes, I didn't mention the word obedience. And I say, I teach on obedience all the time. As a matter of fact, half my message today is on obedience. But they said there's nowhere in my message they saw obedience. You know, and, you know, of course you get a lot of other things. But I pray for them, you know, because the Lord said people would persecute you and come against you. They hated him and they're going to hate you. So you just keep on trucking, praise the Lord. But know that God's ifs are conditioned based on your obedience to do what he asks you to do. Obedience to God's commands is the true sign of your love for God, and the only way that you can know if you're obeying God is if by knowing his word. That's the only way that you can know if you are obeying God, and that is if you know his word. In Revelation 14, 12, this call, it says it calls for patient endurance. He says you're going to have to be patient. It calls for patient endurance on the part of the people of God who keeps his command and remains faithful to Jesus. He says it's going to take patience. I'm not always very patient. I, I told David yesterday we were discussing some things and, and the ministry and some other things, and I said I'm trying very hard to be patient, you know, because I don't want to get ahead of the Lord, and I don't think anyone in here this morning wants to get ahead of him. But man's ifs, they're, all, they're always connected to doubt. Yeah, that's, true. That, that's true. Every if the man is connected to doubt. The if makes the person doubt the willingness of God to perform his word in your life. Right. So when you, when you pray and you put the ifs in there, you're doubting the willingness of God to perform his word in your life. So, and as I had written down here, when you use the word if in front of your prayers, what you're saying is, God, I really don't know if you can do this. I really don't know if this is really going to happen. That's what you're saying when you put the if. There is once in the Bible where he did put if, but it, but it, is, it is God's will for you to prosper. It is God's will for you to be healthy. So you don't have to put an if in front of it because it, it shows that you doubt him. It also shows that you don't know what the word says. So when you're putting the if in there, James 1, verse 5, in a New Living Translation, it says, When you ask, make sure your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. He said, such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Saints, this year, let's replace the word if to a when and see God move miraculously in our lives. If we can just replace that if with, with a when. When God does this, not if God's going to do it or if he can do it, but when God does it. When, when I prayed and you just continue to thank God for it and you just wait because you know it's coming. If you don't doubt. So this year, let's replace the word if to a when. Get rid of the doubting if and know that it gives your father good pleasure to do good things for you, okay? It always gives him good pleasure to do good things for us. 
It gives your father good pleasure to answer your prayers. In Luke 12, 32, it says, Do not fear, little flock, for it gives your father good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In other words, it gives your father good pleasure to give you everything. Not just a little bit, but everything. I find that most of the time, people don't... You can have just as much faith to believe for a whole lot, a big amount, as you can for a little amount. You know, we talked not long ago on the mustard seed of faith and the size of it. Of what, one sixty-fourth of a millimeter? All, it's all you need is just a little bit of faith. So actually, I think that, you know, when you're asking for larger blessings, I think you're showing more faith. You're exercising more faith, you know. It says, don't be a doubting Thomas. In John chapter 20, verse 27, says, Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. And then, and then Jesus says, stop doubting and believe. That's what I say to you this morning. Stop doubting and believe. Believe, believe the word. You know, Jesus rebuked the other 11 for their unbelief and the hardness of hearts. The other disciples, he rebuked them for their unbelief and for their hardness of heart. You know, let, let me stop here and say this. Speaking on the hardness of hearts, a lot of people don't recognize this, but what you focus on the most, that's where your heart is going to be. So if you, and that's what your heart's going to be, you know, so if you're focused on the Lord a lot, then you're not going to have a hardened heart toward Him. You're going to have a hardened heart toward the things of the world. But if you're focused on the things of the world, then your heart's going to be hardened toward the things of God and not on the things of the world. And so Jesus rebuked them for their unbelief and their hardness of heart because they didn't believe Him. They didn't believe him either. You know, several people came to tell him that he had risen, but he didn't believe them. But you know, even though Jesus told them that he was coming back in three days, <laughs> he was coming back. And he's coming back, and I believe he's coming back. <laughs> so, hallelujah, I believe he's coming back. We are believers, and believers know what the will of God is for their lives. You know, the will of God is found for us in His Word, according to Romans 12, 2. It says, don't be conformed to this world, but to be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you will know, so that you'll know what the perfect will of God is for you. God's will is His Word. So whatever you find in the Word, that's His will. So if he says that by his stripes you are healed, then his will is for you to be healthy, is for you to be healed. If he says that he desires above all things that you prosper, be in good health, even your soul prosper, that means it's his will for you to prosper. So if we know the word, then we know what his will is. Are you hearing me? And the word if also questions the word of God and it questions the will of God. When you say if, you're questioning the Word of God and also the will of God. According to Revelations 3.11, we reign as kings and priests in this world. Saints, how do, let me ask you this morning, how do kings reign? They don't reign with weapons. They don't reign, you know, they reign with words. They say it and it's done. They give commandments. They give, they give commands. You know, do this, do that. They don't use their weapons. 
they just use words. And, and isn't that what he says he's, um, in Revelations? He says that we reign as kings and priests in this world. It's time for you to word up. To word up and start doing some self-talking. I self-talk to myself all the time. I was self-talking when during the praise and worship. When I was in the shower this morning, I was, I was praying and self-talking. You know, because the enemy was trying to, uh, for the last couple of days, get, trying to bring this spirit of infirmity back on me that I'm healed of, you know. And so I'm, I'm, I'm taking a shower, but the whole time I'm taking a shower, you know, there's, it doesn't matter where you are. You just word up and, and you speak as, you know, as, as necessary. And so I said, uh, in the name of Jesus, you spirit of infirmity, I curse you from the root up. You're not going to bring any more symptoms back on me, you know. And Father, I thank you that you've given me power and authority over all sickness. You've given me power and authority over every disease. You've given me power and authority over every demonic spirit. And so you demonic spirit of infirmity, I command you to leave my body and leave it now. In the name of Jesus. So you're always, I'm always self-talking one way or the other all day long, praising him or commanding this or doing that. And that, that's what he's saying. Command. You, you, are, you reign in this life as a king and priest. You don't have to put up with all this stuff that the enemy wants to put on you. If you want to put up with it, then that's okay. But that's not God's best for you. And that's not his will for you. His will is for you to word up, suit up. As my husband tells me to pull myself up by my bootstraps. And, and, and so you word up and you start speaking to it. Every word that comes out of your mouth is supposed to work. This morning when I was in the shower and I was speaking and yesterday morning before I got in the shower, it was the same thing. I expect when I speak for it to work. And then if it works then when you speak, then you don't have to think about it anymore. You don't have to worry about it anymore. It's like I was casting some things on the Lord yesterday, and I said, Lord, your word said in 1 Peter 5, 7, I believe it is, he said, to cast my cares upon you because you care for me. And so the situation, there's a situation going on with my granddaughter right now that I've been concerned about, and I said, I'm not going to fret about this, Lord, anymore. You said for me to cast my care upon you because you care for me. So, Lord, I cast, a prom, I, I cast this situation with Laura on you. I cast the care of the doctors. I cast the care of everything on you. I'm no longer going to, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. I'm not going to fret about it. I'm not even going to think about it. You got it. I don't have it anymore. You got it. So, you know, if you've got something, if I give Brother Larry this bottle of water here, it doesn't belong to me anymore. I've given it to him. And that's what he says when he says, cast your care upon me because I care for you. So if you're having financial problems or health problems, whatever, cast it on him, but don't take them back. Amen. Most of us take them back. You know, we come up to the owner, get prayed for and get delivered and, and cast them. And before we get out the door, we already got them back. So that, and then it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mark eleven twenty three did not say that you would receive what God says. It says you will receive what you say. That's what the word says. In Mark eleven twenty three, it says, If anyone shall, shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe what he says, he shall have whatsoever he 
says. It did not say what God says. It said what you say. So you're going to get what you say. Are you hearing me? As I've said before, your voice is the most influential voice in your life. Your words are the most powerful weapon that God has given to you to achieve your dreams or to absolutely destroy your dreams. It's your choice. We choose every day by the words coming out of our mouth. You know, and like I said, we have ample opportunity every day, as I said before, 365 opportunities every day through the words we speak to bless or to curse. So we can either curse those around us and curse ourselves, or we can bless those around us, or we can curse those around, or bless those around us. It's up to us. You know, I found this very interesting. Research, research shows that 2,000 words account for 95% of the vocabulary used in daily conversation. That's a lot of words. Did you know that women speak about 20,000 words a day? And men speak about 7,000 words a day? Meaning that women speak about 13,000 more words a day than men? How about that? I, I, I want to stand up here and say that's not always true. I know some men that speak more than that. Yeah. Pastor Larry, stick your hand up. There's some others in there. Just, if, if anybody's guilty, let's, let's see some hands going up. Saints, when you speak God's word out of your mouth, the word that God has already spoken, and you agree with his word, by speaking it out of your mouth and by giving voice to it, it has dynamite power. It has dunamis power. It's like dynamite. It explodes. You know? As a matter of fact, the word dynamite comes from the word dunamis means dynamite is powerful. If you can just get a vision or an image of what uh, a stick of dynamite can do. Well, just compare each word you speak with a stick of dynamite and how powerful it just blow it. You know, it's like this morning as I was speaking those words in the shower, just blowing that demonic spirit in every which way, you know, just blowing him. My point is this. If you talk a bunch of junk most of the time, you're training yourself not to believe what you say. I'm going to say that again. If you're always going around poor mouthing, belly aching, moaning and groaning, you're training yourself not to believe what you say. So at the years of your words, at the years, most of your words will become idle, inoperative, non-working words. They will become powerless. As a matter of fact, the Lord warns us about this in Matthew 12, 36. He says that you will be held accountable. If you don't believe me, you can look it up. It's in Matthew 12, 36. He said you will be held accountable for every idle, non-working word that you speak. Yes, yes. So we're going to be held accountable for those words that keep coming out of our mouths. Your words will mean nothing if you, if you are always going around talking a bunch of junk then your words, they're not going to mean anything, they're going, and they're not going to do nothing. And that's exactly what the devil's counting on. He's counting on your words to mean nothing and do nothing. And when I say do nothing and mean nothing, what he's saying is he, don't, he wants you to get to the point where you have no confidence in what you speak. And you don't speak it with boldness, and you don't speak it with confidence. 
You have to speak God's word with confidence. He says in Hebrews, don't throw away your confidence because with it comes great reward. So don't throw away your confidence. He said, be bold as a lion. So be bold. There's nothing for you to be afraid of. There's nothing for you to be fearful of. Are you hearing me? He, that's what the devil wants. He wants a bunch of powerless, fearful Christian soldiers that's just running scared all the time, sick, broke, busted, and disgusted. Living on barely get alone street. Next to Hank got enough street. You know? Saints, when you stand up, I mean really stand up and speak God's word in faith, the devil will be the one that's fearful. You will be the one that puts him on the run instead of the other way around. If you want to have power, you have to cut off those useless words. You're going to have to stop speaking non working, non-effective words, worthless words that have no power in them whatsoever. You need to lay your tongue on the altar. Are you hearing me? I've, I've had services where I've had people to come up and I have anointed their tongues, their mouths. It really, you know, our mouths really need to be anointed more than anything. I mean, as a matter of fact, we could probably drink the whole bottle of oil. <laughs> But they need to be anointed. When you do, when you do this, when you stand up and you speak up, then you're going to mess up the devil's world. You're going to mess up his plans for you instead of him destroying yours. You can keep on letting him destroy you. Or you can stand up and be that soldier. When I know when I come up here this morning to preach this word, the oracles of God, that his angels are encamped around and about me that the Holy Spirit is right here telling me what to say and how to say it. We're working together, right, Holy Spirit? Yes, we are. <laughs> Jesus is living on the inside of me. God is here. Got the whole trinity. I'm never alone. And sometimes I might get a little bit afraid, get tempted. Let me rephrase that, get tempted. But you just step forth and open up your mouth and know that God's going to fill it. Amen. He's going to fill it. Revelation 12, 11, it says, And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers have been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. That used to be one of my favorite scriptures. For they love not their lives even unto death. As a matter of fact, when I started this message, that was the only thing he gave me, was that verse. And all that stuff that I've come before, he put before, and all the stuff's coming after, he gave me. A little at the time. But that was what he gave me to work with. And I said, Lord, I don't know where to go from there. But you know, <laughs> but you know the Lord, if you just keep talking to him, he'll just keep letting you know what he wants you to say. It says that we overcome the evil one by the shed blood of the Lamb and by the spoken word of our testimony. That's what he's saying. And that's what I've been teaching. That's what I preach is that you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of your testimony. It was through the blood of the Lamb that you can even have a testimony. Yeah, yeah, that's right. 
And it's through his blood that you can have a testimony to stand up and say, Lord, I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you that when I prayed that you touched me, that, that, he, that you know, the sickness left my body. I thank you that when I prayed that it left. I thank you, Lord, that when I was in need financially, and there were times in my life when I was in need financially and things would just seem like they just automatically appear in my mailbox or at my door. You know, just never, always on time. You know, always on time. Always more than enough. Because I always pray for a more than enough. Not only enough for my needs, but the needs to meet the needs of others as well as myself. You don't ever want to just pray for yourself. You always pray, Lord, I don't want just enough for myself. I want enough that I can bless others with. But don't be one of those. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to say that, but you want me to say it. Okay. <laughs> Don't be, he's saying, don't be one of those, and, and I, I've heard a lot of people tell me this, don't be one of those persons when I say that you pray and ask the Lord to, uh, to bless you so that you can, you know, enough for your needs, but the needs of others too. Don't be one of those people that keep saying that I'm going to bless that person, or I'm going to sow into that ministry, or I'm going to do that just as soon as the Lord blesses me with more. Because the Bible, that goes against Scripture. Because scripture says, if faithful with a little, who's faithful with a little, I will give more too. So if you're looking for more, then you've got to be faithful with what you already have. You know, I get some large um, donations in the mail, and I so appreciate them. I have, got, I have gotten dollar donations. I'm just as appreciative of those as I am the $100 or the $300. I pray just as hard over one as I do the other. You know, because people give what they can. And, and it, it, it honors me to know that they care enough about that they would even send that. And that so many people go out and actually buy money orders, and that takes another effort. You know, so I'm, I feel honored that they, they would do that. You know, it blesses me. And I want to, I, when they come in, the ones on the line or on the, in the house or they come through the mail, David brings them in, is pray over them, lay my hands on them and pray over those, you know. Because it, it's, you, you, you just want to pray over them, you know, and bless them, and bless them that, they, that the Lord, you know, and thank God for them, and thank them that he moved upon them to sow into the ministry, and, and, to, and that they have needs, Lords, and I don't know what their needs are, but you know what their needs are, but they're trusting you for that need, and, and Lord, whatever it is, I pray that you meet that need, you know, that you honor them, you know, through, through you know, through their honoring us. You know, and so what we need to do is find the will of God and then speak it into existence. The Bible says that the things that you can create things out of nothing just by the spoken word. Speaking faith is the power to victory. It is how that we, we always overcome evil. It's how we overcome anything. This does not mean that we can speak anything we want to into existence. Only what the word of God says is ours. You can't go around claiming something that's not scriptural. It's like I heard Brother Hagin say, you can't claim, you know, this guy wanted him to pray that God would bless him with this other man's wife. But he, he already had, but this man had a wife and the other man had, another woman had a husband, you know. So, I mean, that's just ignorance going to see us. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, there are some people that, you know, I mean, you just, just keep going on. <laughs> you don't have words for everything. 
Our power comes from faith, and faith comes from, comes from what God has promised in his word. By faith, based on God's word, we have what he says we have. Not based on what we think, and it's not based on what our bodies feel. It's not based on what we think and what we feel. It's based on faith. Amen. You know, it's like somebody was commenting about my hair online, and I, and I thought, well, there are so many things on there that were so good that other people were finding, and, and, uh, but you got those people that are picking this and that and the other. And I thought, Lord, I am so thankful that my salvation is not based on my hair. <laughs> and that my salvation is not based on what I wear or what I look like. But it's based on the Word of God. I'm so thankful that, yeah, yes, you know, it's okay if you want to have long hair. But I didn't like long hair. So it was... <laughs> But if the Lord, if I honestly thought in my spirit that, that the Lord would say, Joe, you need long hair, I would grow it down to my feet. Amen. But he's never said anything to me about my hair. <laughs> and I do know that when you say things like that to the Lord, he will respond. I know when I was smoking, I had smoked for a humpteen years. And if I tell you how many years I smoked, you probably try to start figuring out how old I am. And, and so I won't go there, but... Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I made the statement, I was a Christian for two years, and I made a statement, if the Lord ever spoke to me about my smoking, I would quit. And, and two years later, he did. I mean, I actually spoke to me. I mean, it was like he was standing right there, uh, sitting right there in my living room, because I come back from church and I lit up my cigarette. And <laughs> fortunately for me, I've said this before, I didn't burn the house down, you know, because if somebody knocked on the door, I pushed it up on the couch, you know. <laughs> Or lay down in the car and smoke, and the smoke coming out like nobody knows I'm smoking. But, <laughs> but you know, God is so good. You know, he didn't say anything about my smoking for the first year or two. I, I, I didn't know anything about the Word of God. I just knew that the day that he came into my life, that I, everything changed. My whole life changed. My whole life turned around. And I didn't know why and how, but I knew it had. But, you know, he waited until I, I knew something about him, studied him, loved him. And then he spoke to me about that. He, you know, I loved him more. And that's what you have to love God more than whatever that habit is or whatever that thing is that, God, that the enemy is holding you in bondage over. You've got to love God more. And you, if you love him more, you can let it go. He'll let you go. He told me, he told me, I said, sure. I said, Lord, are you sure? And, and, and uh, <laughs> he said, like, yeah. And uh, so I just went into my guest room where my prayer closet was and threw him on the bed along with my Bible and got out on my knees and began to pray. And I said, Lord, I, I've really been wanting to do this for a long time, but I know I can't do this without your help. And so, you know, I don't believe I would have gone to hell if I'd kept on smoking. I'd, gotten to, I'd probably gotten to heaven sooner. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, the, the things that the Lord talks to us about, uh, the things not wanting us to do, it, it's not that it would, uh, your sin or whatever, that thing is going to keep you out of heaven, but it just might get you there sooner. And he's got a lot of plans for you. Just like I said, he's got an assignment for all of us, and he wants us to fulfill that assignment. And, and so if I had a continued smoking, I, I would have shortened my life. And I wouldn't have the long life that he wanted me to have. So he spoke to me about it, but it was up to me. And speaking about being obedient, uh, to be obedient, I could be obedient and do as he said. 
And then he told me how to do it. He told me that's when I learned how to speak the word. That's when he told me right then that that's how I was going to do it, by speaking the word. He told me that the habit, you know, the smoking was a darkness. He, he related to it as being darkness, from darkness. And his word is the light that puts out the darkness. This is how the Lord explained it to me, the Holy Spirit. And he said that when I speak the word, then it would get rid of the darkness. So every time I would get the urge or desire, and I know I've given this testimony before, but maybe there's somebody needing to hear this online or here this morning that didn't hear it then. So I just follow the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit wants me to share this, so I'm just going to share it. But as I would begin to, he said every time I got an urge to confess the word, and like a new Christian, I didn't have a lot of word. I wasn't word up. I'm word up now, but I need to be more word up. You can't ever get word up enough. You know, you need to be worrying up every day because different attacks are coming against you every day. So you need to be word up. And, and so that I began to, that, I learned a lot of scripture in those few weeks and a few months that I didn't know before. Because every time I got an urge, which if you've been smoking for as many years as I smoked was really a lot. And so I was constantly speaking the word. And, and, and surely enough, as I would speak God's word over it, the desire would disappear. And a few minutes later, the urge would come again, and I'd speak it again, and it would disappear. And this went on and on and on, for, but day after day after week after week. But finally, it got better and better, got less and less urges, learning more and more of the word. And within a few weeks, in a month or two, I woke up one morning, I had no desire whatsoever. And that was 24 years ago. And it's like I never smoked. I can't even imagine myself ever having a cigarette when my house was filled with them. Because when I do something, I do it right. <laughs> you know, I had a couple of cartons in the <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're so good. You're so good. I thank you that you love me. <laughs> you know, I drive all the way from Lynchburg, I mean, uh, yeah, from Lynchburg to Hampton to buy my cigarettes at the commissary because my husband is a retired Air Force officer and he was the town manager over there. And I drive all the way and I get all my cigarettes and I take them back home and I put several cartons in the basement in the freezer, you know. And I kept them in my car. I kept one to pack in each room with a cigarette lighter. Like I said, I do it right. <laughs> Glory be to God. And <laughs> you know, he just loves you so much. <laughs> you know, and so I <laughs> you know, I even found cigarettes weeks later, you know, hidden flower vases, you know. But <laughs> But it was, it was so awesome, you know. I was a new Christian, and he was teaching me, and I'm learning to speak the word. And I did not know, you know, in 1996 or whenever that was, the five, I think it was, I didn't know that he was going to give me a ministry in 2010 called Speak the Word Ministry. <laughs> but, you know, he starts out training you. In little ways about things, you know. He, you know, he didn't start all at once. 
And of course, I had another ministry for 11 years in the prison ministry, getting another taste of what it was like on this level before he puts me on this level, you know. So, you, you know, he don't ever want you to think more highly of yourself than you should, you know, and always recognize, you know, his blessings. Hallelujah. It's through our faith that we're able to receive these things from God. And faith is simply acting as though God's word is true. Are you hearing me? That's what he wants us to do. He wants us to act like that his word is true. The Lord gave me this example several months ago. He said, Joe, think of it as priming a pump. And I know some of you or most of you in here this morning have probably never primed a pump in your life and probably don't even know what a pump is in case you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, in, you know, like Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> if you want water, it, you got it out of the well, you went and you pumped it. Well, I didn't go back as far as Little House on the Prairie, but almost. When I was growing up as a, as a far, on a farm as a kid, we didn't have running water. So sometimes my mom would send me out to get a bucket of water. And we didn't have to go far, you know. Um, we had modern conveniences. You know, the pump was on the porch. <laughs> you know, we didn't, have to, we didn't have to go too far. But in order to get the water, I needed to have a little water. Are you hearing me? In order to get water out of that pump, I had to have a little water to prime it with. So I'd pour a little bit of water into the pump, and then I would start working the pump handle up and down. And so I'm pouring the water, and I've uh, got the pump going. We've got to prime it. That's what you call priming the pump. You've got this big metal thing there. It's got a handle on it, and you're pouring the water in it. And after a while, if you keep pouring enough water in there and keep pushing it, it goes down, and it starts bringing it up. And after doing this for a little while, I mean, after pouring some water in and pumping for a while, the water would begin to flow into my bucket. And I was happy to see that, you know, especially on cold mornings. <laughs> and, and the more I pumped, the harder and the harder I pumped, the more water I'd get. There, there would seem to be an endless flow, an endless flow of water. And I want you to know that when you begin to recognize what you already have in Christ Jesus, who you already are, and what, you know, and what you already have. You're going to have an endless flow of everything that God has promised you. Sure. You're just going to have an endless flow of it whatever, whatever it, whatever it is. My point is this. Everything we need is already in us. Just like the water was already in the well. It was already down there. But I had to do something in order to get the water to come back up. And you just cannot sit there and be passive and expect God to move in your life. He's not going to go over there and knock you off your chair. You're going to have to do something. You just start lifting your hands. Don't have to start big. Just start lifting your hands and, and praising the Lord. It needed a little priming to get to the surface. That's the reason why praise and worship is so important. You know, when you're praising and worshiping this morning, when we were just glorifying the Lord and praising and worshiping Him and the heavens were opening up and taking our praise and worship up to the Father, you know, to glorify Him. And it's preparing your heart and your mind as the soil to receive this word. And this is also why praying in the Spirit is so important. And Jude 1.20 says, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 6 in the Berean Bible says, Pray in the Spirit at all times with every kind of prayer and petition. 
To this end, he says, stay alert with all perseverance, all perseverance in your prayers for all the saints. I have, and I'm going to go ahead and try to finish this as quickly as I can. I have listed three points that I call the three P's or the three steps in bringing what you need from your spirit into your natural realm to get that the, the flow out of you. We want to get some water flowing out of you today. So if you want to, I believe that they're going to give you a better understanding on how to get what God has put in you to flow out of you like streams of living water. God teaches us that if we understand something that the devil can't steal it from us. And that was my point. Because he said anyone who hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes immediately and snatches away what's been sown in his heart. So if you want to, you get a pen and you write it down. So the Lord gave me this and gave you a better understanding. P number one, prayer. Ask, and when you pray, be specific with your request. Find God's promise pertaining to your request in his word about what you're asking him for, and then pray in accordance with that word. In other words, if it's healing you need, find all the scriptures on healing that you can find. If you need a financial breakthrough, the same holds true. Actually, you don't even have, a, have to get a lot of scriptures. You can, but you can actually just stand on one scripture. You can just find one scripture that speaks to you and, and stand on that or get all the scriptures that will back up your request. You know, you can get as many scriptures as you want. When I was praying and trusting the Lord to be debt free, I would confess scriptures like, Lord, I thank you that I owe no man nothing but the debt of love. For it says in Romans 13, 8, that owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. And I thank you, Lord, that I'm worthy of my hire. And 1 Timothy 5, 18 said, those who work deserve their pay. At that time, I was working and not getting paid because I was a volunteer. And I'm still a volunteer. So, of course, in the natural, when I was praying these prayers, in the natural, it looked like an impossibility. But we know that all things are possible with God, right? Amen. All things are possible with God. Thank you, Jesus. In Matthew 19 and 26, in the New Living, it says, Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible. Humanly speaking. But with God, everything is possible. Humanly speaking, he said, it is impossible. For whatever it is you're trying to do, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But not with our Father. And John 16, 23 says, And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it. In Matthew 21, Jesus says, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, he says it will be done. And whatever you ask, whatever you ask for in prayer, having faith, he says you will receive. P number two, proclamation. Say it. I cannot express this strong enough, brothers and sisters. You have to open your mouth and you have to say it. You have to speak it. The power is in your mouth, on your tongue. You even have the power of life and death in your tongue. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, when the Lord was giving me instructions on how to break that cigarette habit, he was telling me, Joe, you're going to have to speak to it. You're going to have to open up your mouth. You just can't say... You can't just pray, Lord, I pray that you take that desire away from me. Not that he can't. 
But that's not, that wasn't the way he wanted me to do it. He wanted not only for me to break the Sea Grant habit, but he wanted me to learn some scriptures in the, at the same time and, and also learn how to speak his word over certain situations because you learn to speak the word over one situation, then it helps you to speak it over something else when something else comes up. It's helped me a lot uh, in the future. You have to speak it. The power is in your mouth. It's on your tongue. And like I said, you have power of life and death in your tongue. What we, what we speak, we will believe. And what we believe causes us to act and make decisions. That's what happened with the woman in uh, Mark uh, 5 with the issue of blood. For she kept saying, if, only, if, only, if I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. Jesus' garment, by the way, was a point of contact for her. Because she was saying, only, if I can only just touch his garment, I will be healed. So she was using that as a point of contact. And notice that she kept saying this. She was making her way through the crowd to get to Jesus. And when she touched him, it says immediately, not in a few hours or the next day or the next week, he said, but immediately. Her flow of blood was dried up at the source. Hallelujah. You know, in Job twenty-two twenty-eight, it says that you shall decree and declare a thing and it shall be established for you and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. So he's saying that you can speak. He also says in Job 15, 4, he says, have you no fear of God? He says, have you no reverence of him? Your sins are telling your mouth what to say and your words are based on your clever deception. What he's saying here in so many words is that you're letting the enemy put words in your mouth. You're letting him put those thoughts in your head. And when he's putting those negative thoughts in your, your head, then you're speaking them out. Your mouth, he says in verse 6, says your own mouth condemns you, not I. He says your own lips are testifying against you. He says I'm not saying anything. He says your own mouth is keeping you in the... Whatever situation you're in, he says it's your own mouth that's doing it. Your tongue, according to James 4, is like the rudder on a ship or the bit in the horse's mouth. It will guide you. Your tongue will guide you. It is guiding you. It's guiding you now. And it's up to you where it takes you. It's your choice about that. P number three, praise. I can't emphasize that enough either. After you have prayed and asked God, begin to praise him for the answer and keep on praising him. You can praise your way out of anything. Keep on praising him. Keep on thanking him. You can praise yourself into health. and You can praise yourself uh, out of sickness, out of poverty, into prosperity. Saints, you belong to God and he will take care of you. The Bible says God chose you and he adopted you, according to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, 5, Message Bible says, Long, long ago, he decided to adopt you into his family through Jesus Christ. And it says what pleasure he took in planning this. He says, You are accepted into the beloved. He wants us, he wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift given by the hand of his beloved son, according to Ephesians 1, 6. You're not alone, saints. Ephesians 1 says that he thought of everything. He thought of everything. He provided everything that we could possibly ever need, he says. Letting us in on the plans, he took such delight in making. He set it all, he set it all out before us in Christ. Praise his holy name. Saints, in closing, 
I'd like to share with you a few top 10 resolutions of 2019. Actually, I went online and I looked up some for 2018, 2019. Uh, maybe you've even made some New Year resolutions yourself this morning. Um, but I found that whether it was uh, seven, year 17, 18, or 19, they're basically running about the same. So there's probably, this is probably not the only list out there. But these are just a, a few of the ones they had. Diet or eat healthier was number one. Exercise more was number two. Lose weight was number three. And I can vouch for that. The gyms are packed this time of the year. Especially in January, you can't even find a parking place at the inlet. Four, spend less, save more. And it says that most people fail this by the 31st of January. It says learn a new skill or hobby. Six, spend more time with family. Seven, quit smoking. I already done that one. Eight, read more. Nine, drink less alcohol. <laughs> yeah, these are zeros. Ten, find another job. Sadly... Sadly, you know, I, I went over several different lists of people that made, you know, were making um, res resolutions for uh, 2019 and 18. But sadly, pray, develop a close relationship with God, and read my Bible more did not make the list last year. And it did not make the list this year. Sadly. None of that made the list. One resolution I would recommend is to talk to your father more. That's one resolution. I would forget about all the other resolutions unless it had to do with him and just talk to my father more. For what great nation is there that God, that has God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us? For whatever reason we may call upon him, according to Deuteronomy 4, 7 and New King James, what God, what nation has a God like we have? No one has a God like we have, saints. And we need to honor him and praise him and worship him, respect him above all. Father God, I thank you so much. I thank you for this word. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking through me this morning. You're so awesome, Holy Spirit. You do such good work. And I'm so thankful that you speak through me and work through me and let me be a vessel for you. And Lord, I thank you for all those that came today. I thank you, Lord, that you anointed their ears and opened up the eyes of the hearts to receive. I thank you, Lord, for the humor. And I thank you for the powerful word that went with it. I thank you, Lord, just like with the babies, sometimes we have to mix a, a little applesauce in with the spinach. But Lord, this morning, I pray that they got more of the spinach than they did the applesauce. I pray, Lord, that they received in their hearts the word that you wanted them to receive. So Lord, I pray a special blessing over all of those in here, all those watching online. I pray that this will be a year like no other year. I pray this will be a year that your blessings will chase them down the street and overtake them. I pray, Lord God, that this will be a year that they'll be blessed coming in, going out in the city and in the field. I pray, Lord God, that this will be a year that when their enemies come up against them one way, that you will cause them to flee in seven different ways, that you will just scatter them. And I pray, Lord God, that this will be a year that the resolution that they will make will be to honor you more, have more honor for you, 
more love for you, more recognition of who you are in our lives. And Lord, I thank you again for honoring us today with your presence and for all those that came to hear the word, the good news. The good news is that you love us all. And the good news is that you desire for us all to be blessed in every way. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you all the praise and all the glory. First, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.